Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. We're holding at the Mishnah on Hamud Aleph, a new Mishnah, and we're going to discuss, you see Hamud Aleph 5a. Hamud Aleph 5a, new Mishnah. We're going to have today <coughs> three sections in our learning. Mishnah? Is that Hashem at the Mishnah? Yeah. Well, the first section we'll deal with yeah. is there are certain situ- situations when an event falls out on Shabbat that we push it forward, nidche, which we push forward actually, the event. And we'll get to that in the Mishnah. And we'll explain these events in the Gemara, amongst other things. Then we'll have a Breita, which is regarding the Korban Chagiga, we'll have to analyze. And finally, we'll have a Psak relating to three behaviors of Rebbe that will actually lead us into tomorrow as well. We'll get to that later. So just to recap for a minute where we're up to here regarding these Kfarim. We have said until now that there's three types of cities. There's the unwalled, the walled, and then villagers. The villagers are the primary example in general when you would push the reading back. Meaning even though they really should read the Megillah on the 14th because essentially they're unwalled cities, but in certain scenarios where the Yom said Monday or Thursday is earlier than that, on the 11th, 12th, or 13th, they could read the Megillah earlier. That's what we have said. The idea, though, that we see from that is that the Megillah, when it's on, let's say, uh, 14th is Tuesday, so they'll push it back to Monday. They'll read Megillah on Monday. The Mishnah is going to contrast that with certain things that if it falls out on Shabbat, for example, that you don't push it backwards, but you push it forwards. It means regarding reading the Megillah, the leniency is to make it earlier. Akdimin, to make it earlier. Regarding these events we're going to list in the Mishnah, there's actually the idea of pushing forward, making it later, not earlier. So let's see the Mishnah. Now the Mishnah begins with a rule that we've already mentioned. What is the definition of a large city? Right, so we said if it's a large city, you read in the 14th. If it's a village, you read on, you have the leniency to read earlier. So what is the definition of a large city? Any city that has 10 batlanin. We've mentioned this before. Batlanin does not mean people that don't do anything. It means idle people that are supported by the tzibur. They don't work, but they're paid by the tzibur to always be in the Beit HaKneset so that there's always going to be a minyan when it comes to shachrit, minchan, arvit. There's always going to be a minyan. A little bit like a kolo. If they have less than this, so that would be deemed a village, and you'd have the leniencies that come along with the village like we've spoken out. If I remember correctly, I believe there's a Me'iri who comments on this and explains this number 10 not only comes from the idea of a minyan, but each one had a special job. One was Balkore, one was, I, I forgot, he goes on and explains, the treasurer, I don't remember exactly. There was a certain cheshbon that he had that the 10 people comp- comprised of the 10 people necessary to run a shul, basically. Very interesting wow. idea. I remember correctly, he says something like that. Now, when it comes to reading Megillah, you have the ability to read earlier but not later, which means you never push off forward. That's not a concept that we find. But when it comes to the next event, we're going to make it later and not earlier. So let's go through them. Number one, the Bach adds in Vaha'am. The time of the wood of the Kohanim and the nation. So Rashi explains that what happened was when the Jewish people came back from Persia after the Purim story, there was a shortage of, they were, they were poor, they didn't have money. 
So there was a shortage of wood in the Beit HaMikdash to use on the Mizbeach. So a few families dedicated from themselves to bring wood to use as fuel on the Mizbeach. And it became kavua that those families would continue perpetually to bring wood on certain days. And it became a Yom Tov for them on those days. Meaning, it was like um, established for future generations based on the good deeds that they had done before. Those families would have a special day throughout moving forward to be able to bring korbanot and wood on those days that would be determined for them. Now, if that day that they were meant to have their minor festival that they would have fell out on Shabbat, mm -hmm. so they can't do this. So in such a scenario, what they're going to do is push it off to Sunday. Sunday. Not back to Friday, but push it off to Sunday. As well as Tishabav. Tishabav falls out on Shabbat. You push it off to Sunday. You don't make it back on Friday. And Rashi adds, actually, it's the same thing with the other fast days. Shabbat Tammuz, Asabat The other fast days is the same rule. It only chose Tishabav in the Mishnah because, as the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah tells us, Tishabav had a, a, plent, a multitude of tragedies. So it's using it as the primary example, but the other ones are the same. It would go off to Sunday as well. Chagiga, now as well as the Korban Chagiga. So what, what does Rashi say about the Tishabayav? Meaning the Mishnah is just using it as the primary example. But the other fast days are the same. If they fall it on Shabbat, you push it off no, to Sunday. No, but you push it on Sunday and not Friday. Why? Is that mm. the question? The I see in the Gemara. No, 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 no. I'm just telling uh, you why it uses Tishabayav. Uh, okay, the Gemara okay. will explain to us okay. exactly what's the purpose of, of right, exactly. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, what's the purpose of pushing these to Sunday and not Friday, right? Maybe because Mashiach can come and then there is no Tishabayav or something. Halavai. Well, the Gemara is going to say, let's see. We'll see today. Chagiga. Now as well as Chagiga. On Yom Tov, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, there was a mitzvah to bring certain korbanot. One of those korbanot was called uh, Shalmei Chagiga. It was actually Ola Turiya, Korban Ola, that was meant to be brought in the Beit HaMikdash. And also you would bring Shalmei Chagiga, which is a Shlamim, that was a uh, Chagiga. Chagiga is a celebratory offering. That's what it was. Now, if Shabbat was the first day of Sukkot, or the first day of Pesach, for example, you can't bring Shalmei Chagiga on Shabbat. So they would push it off to bring it on Sunday. Now, in the case of Sukkot and Pesach, that's fine, because you have more than one day of the festival. Shavuot is going to be something interesting. We'll get to that in the Gemara as well. But anyways, the point is you push it off to Sunday and not Friday. And finally, the Hakel, regarding Hakel. In all these cases, Ma'acharin velo Makdimin, you push it off to Sunday and not make it earlier to Friday. Now, what is Hakel? So Hakel is after every Shemitah year, which means the eighth year, really. Uh, when there's a seven-year Shemitah and the, and the eighth year on Sukkot, they would have a special program where all the Jews would gather in the Beit HaMikdash and the king would read certain parshiot from the Torah to inspire the people. Mm -hmm. It was a very special occasion because even the children participated. Yeah. It says, Anashim, Nashim, Vitaf. Even the children, even the little children were involved. Now, this could not be performed on Shabbat. So if that day fell out to be Shabbat, they'd have to push it off to the next day. Why couldn't it be performed on Shabbat? So Rashi quotes Gemara Yerushalmi that says, because in order to do this, they had to build a bima, a platform out of wood. They couldn't build it on Shabbat for the king to stand on. Therefore, they push it off to Sunday. The Gemara there addresses, why not build it on Friday? So the Gemara says, because if you build it on Friday, it would cramp the Azara for the whole day, meaning it would, it would cause it to become very... Uh, crowded in the Azara, that would be a problem, so they could only build it on the day they used it. Mela, they would do it on Sunday, not on Shabbat. These are scenarios you push forward, not backwards. Fine. Continues the Mishnah. 
But even though when it comes to reading the Megillah, we said you could read earlier. So for example, if uh, Shabbat is the 14th, so you push it back to Thursday for the Kfarim, for example. So even though that's true, but nonetheless, The day earlier that you're reading doesn't have the full qualification of Purim. So if you're reading on the 11th, 12th, or 13th, halachically you're allowed to, but you're still allowed to do hespin and ta'anit, which is eulogies and fasting, which you're not usually allowed to do on a Yom Tov, on a, on a festival, since it doesn't have full qualifications of Purim, other than reading the Megillah, and I guess also matanot le'avyonim, as we, matanot le'avyonim, and you give the gifts to the poor. So there's a uniqueness on these days is that it's a festival that you read the Megillah, you give matanot le'avyonim, but it's not a sur in eulogies and fasting, like usually a Yom Tov would be, still you're allowed to do those things. Now, this is the Rabbi Yudah we quoted earlier. Amr Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, Ematai, when do the villagers have this leniency to read Megillah earlier? It's when they go into the large cities on Monday and Thursday. But if they were not entering anyways on Monday and Thursday, they'd only be allowed to read the Megillah in its time, which means on the 14th. They wouldn't have this leniency to read earlier. They'd read on the 14th with everyone else, with all the other unwalled cities in such a scenario. Let's start the Gemara. The Gemara tells us, Tana, the Brayta explains, who are these ten batlanin that we're talking about that make a city into a irgdola, a large city and not a village? Asara batlanin knesset. It means the ten idle people of the shul, of the beta knesset. It's not just um, ten people sitting on the street. We're talking about ten people that were there, supported by the tzibur, so there was always a minyan. So the Gemara says, in these scenarios, you read earlier, meaning you read Megillah earlier, if for whatever reason you needed to push it back, but you wouldn't push it forward beyond the 14th. So the Gemara says, my time, what's the reason? Why is it that we're comfortable pushing Megillah back, but not forward? Where does that come from? The Pasuk says, it shall not pass. Now it's a little bit taking, taken out of context, because contextually means this mitzvah will never pass from the Jewish people, means we'll always continue to keep this mitzvah, Purim, Megillah, etc. But the way we're explaining it in Drush is, you don't go beyond. That's the way we're understanding it. Don't pass beyond the day, but rather go be- back if you need to. Now the Gemara quotes a couple of drashot, just uh, which the same. It starts with the same Amora. That's why it's quoted here. Very interesting in terms of determining the calendar. How do we know that you don't determine a year by days? So we know that a solar year is 365 days, uh, meaning a year de- calendar determined by the sun, roughly 365 days. The lunar year is roughly 354 days. I say roughly because it's not exact, but roughly 354 days. So how do we know that a Jewish uh, year is not determined by days, meaning 354 days for that matter, or 365, but rather it's determined by the months. Actually, it's determined by the months. Shene'emar, Amar, the Pasuk tells us, this is in Parashat Bo, Lechodshea Shana. It says, the months of the year, which means the year is determined by the months, not by the days. So Rashi says, Lamanafkamina, meaning what are we talking about here? So the scenario, Rashi gives an example. If somebody was standing on, it was Aleph Nisan, and he said, for the next year I'll be prohibited, he made a neder, I'm going to be asur in drinking wine for this year, for this, for this year. So now, 
the determination of the year is when Aleph Nisan of the next year rolls around. Regardless how many days that is. Maybe it's a leap year, so you have an extra month. Maybe some of the months that year were shorter because it was 30, and not 30, but 29. The determination is not by days. The determination is based on the months. And therefore, when you get to Aleph Nisan of the next year, that would be considered a full year, not based on the number of days that it was. Continues the Gemara, a similar idea. Chadashim, sorry, just finish up. Chadashim that you calculate a year by the months. yamim l'shanim, you don't calculate a year by its days. Rabbanan de Kisri, Mishum Rabbi Abba Amrib, the Rabbanan of Kisri, Kisarya, in the name of Rabbi Abba said a similar idea, which is, How do we know that we don't calculate a month by the hours? Actually, a full cycle of the moon is roughly 29 and a half days. Problem is, you can't have 29 and a half day month. It doesn't make sense, practically. So sometimes the Chachamim say it's 29 days, and sometimes they say the month is 30 days. So the point is, how do we know that it's not determined by the hours, which is not 29 and a half, but rather it's either 29 or 30. It's determined by days, not by hours. Shene Amar is the Pasuk in Parashat Ba'alotecha says, Ad Chodesh Yamim, till a month of days. Uh, our days, a month of days, right? That's talking about the Slav. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that the Jews are going to receive these fatty birds called the Slav. It's translated as in English. The Slav is translated as... I forgot what it's called. In English, there's a word for it, the Slav. It was the fatty bird that when the Jews were complaining about meat, they want meat, Hashem said He's going to send them this bird. It said, I'll send you for a month of days. Interesting. So, Yamim Mechashev The point is... That you calculate a month by the days, and not by the hours. So Rashi says again, what is, what is the importance of knowing that a month is calculated by its days and not by its hours? So he says a very interesting scenario. If somebody gives a get to his wife, and he makes the following condition, he says, the get should take effect if I don't uh, come back by the end of the month. That's what he says. So if it's a 29-day month and he comes back 29 and a half days later, so you might say, look, in terms of the lunar following of the moon around, it's not yet a full cycle. No, but since it's a 29-day month, you've already lost your opportunity because it's already considered the end of the month. You don't calculate a month by the hours, but rather by the days. Let's continue. All of these events we said in the Mishnah, you'll push forward but not backwards. So let's go through them. What's the reasoning? What's the reason Tisha B'Av is pushed forward and not back to Friday? Because we don't want to make tragedies earlier. Tisha B'Av, and also the other fast days for that matter, are a remembrance of sad times, of tragedies. Destruction of the Temple, for example. We don't want to make that earlier. We'd rather push that off, if we could, not make that an earlier uh, commemoration. Chagiga v'akel. Now, these also, it's logical. When you bring the Korban Chagiga, if it's Shabbat, you'll push it off to Sunday. And also Hakel, the event of Hakel, you'll push it off to Sunday. Because the time of the obligation has not yet come. Right? You can't keep, you can't bring a Korban for Sukkot if it's not yet Sukkot. So if Sukkot begins on Shabbat, the first up opportunity that you have to do it is it's going Sunday. to be Sunday. You can't do it on Friday. It's not yet Sukkot. If Hakel falls out on Shabbat, you can't do it on, on, on you do it on Sunday. Logical. Now, move on out of the second section. This bright test has a very vague terminology. So it's like uh, two reasons then for um, Shabbat. Oh, for Hakel. Also, right, because of the platform, you cannot be on Shabbat, and because uh, you, you are not going to do it before the time it really is. 
But you can't do it on Shabbat. Shabbat. Every, all of these you can't do on Shabbat. The question is, would you push it forward or backwards? That's the question. Uh-huh. All of them, there's different, differing issues. Like Hakil, you can't build the bima, the, the platform. The Shabbat, you can't keep. It's an issue. Uh, okay, of, but the reason you push it. Pushing forward because you, it's not yet the time. Exactly, yeah. the time has not yet come. It's like you you you, you make Pesach earlier. It exactly, doesn't doesn't, doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. There's yeah. no fulfillment there. Exactly. Yeah. Let's continue. Now the Brayta says a vague terminology. We'll have three ways of explaining this Brayta. Let's see. Tana, the Brayta says as follows: Chagiga man Chagiga me'acharin. Chagiga. Now again, Chagiga refers to Shalmei Chagiga. It's a special korban shlamim that the Jews would bring on. The Chagim, on the festivals, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. And then it says in the Brayta, Vikozman Chagiga, so that offering, the Shalmei Chagiga, and the whole time of the Chagiga, Ma'acharim, you push forward. So the Gemara says, what, what does this mean? Bishlam Chagiga, I understand the first part of this Brayta. Like we just said, that if the first day of Sukkot is Shabbat. You'll push off the sacrificing of the Shalmei Chagiga to Sunday. So I understand Ma'acharin Chagiga is Ma'acharin is pushed off. We've already explained that. Elazman Chagiga Mahi. But what does it mean? The time of the Chagiga is pushed off. What do you mean the time of the Chagiga is pushed off? So we have three explanations. This is what it means to say in the Brayta. Chagiga Shabbat. It means like this. If Shabbat is the first day of Sukkot, Okay, so now again, like I told you before, there's actually two carbonot you have to bring. There's really a third, but we're not going to get into Shalmei Simcha. We're not going to talk about that. We learn Masechet Chagiga. We'll get into that. But you bring a, chag, a, a Shalmei Chagiga, which is a korban shlamim, and you also bring Olat which is a korban Ola. Okay, the distinction Alacha Ola is completely burnt on the mizbeach. Shlamim is some of it's burnt on mizbeach, some is eaten by the owners, etc. There's distinctions in Alacha. Whatever. The point is as follows: is that the Brayta, when it says, I'll just explain this outside and we'll see it inside. It says, Chagiga, man Chagiga Me'acharin. So the way we're going to interpret it is as follows. Chagiga, the Shalmei Chagiga, cannot be brought on Shabbat. So if the first day of Sukkot is Shabbat, when are you going to bring it? On the second day of Sukkot, which in the times, in the, in the Torah, it's just one day of, you don't have two days of Yom Tov, so it was the next day, actually. It's Cholam Moed already. For us to be the third day, whatever. Yeah, but we don't bring Korban on time. The point is, that's me. Chagiga is pushed off means it's not brought on Shabbat, but it could be brought on Yom Tov, or Cholam for that matter. But what is Zman Chagiga referring to? Is that there's a, a different korban, which is the Ola, that can't even be brought on Yom Tov, but rather has to be brought on Cholam That's what it means. Zman Chagiga, there's a certain korban during the Zman Chagiga, during the time of the festival, that the Shlamim could be brought, but this can't be brought. What does that mean? That the Ola is not only pushed off from Shabbat, but it's also pushed off from Yom Tov to Chol HaMoed. That's the point. You can't even, and this is going to be the opinion of Beit Shammai, as we'll see, it's Machloket. So let's see that inside. Achikamar, Chagiga b'Shabbat, the Chagiga will be pushed off, the Shlamim will be pushed off from Shabbat, Ve'olat Re'iyah, but the Ola, Filu b'Yom Tov, would not even be able to be brought on Yom Tov. You'd have to push it off from Yom Tov and only bring it on Cholam Oed. Why? Zman Chagiga me'acharin. Because there is a korban that during Zman Chagiga, during the festival, is also pushed off. Is pushed off to, to uh, the next day. Mani, who is the author then? Beit Shammai, it's the position of Beit Shammai, the Tanan. Like the Mishnan, Beit Be- Zah tells us, Beit Shammai, Omrim, Beit Shammai says, you could bring a korban shlamim on Yom Tov. 
But you do not do smicha. Before a korban was usually brought, they would lean on the animal. On Yom Tov, you're not allowed to lean on the animal, says Bet Shammai, but you could offer, you could sacrifice the korban shlamim on Yom Tov. Avolo olot, but you cannot bring korban olot on Yom Tov. You'd have pushed that off to, uh, you, excuse me, you can't bring it, yeah, on uh, Yom Tov, you would bring it on Cholam That's what we're essentially saying would be the author of this Baita. Well, both of them you have to slaughter. The reason Rashi goes through the reasoning is that uh, in Allah is not something that you benefit from personally. Allah is completely burnt. So therefore you don't have the same leniency to bring it on Yom Tov like you would um, Shlamim, which you do benefit from. Rashi goes through. Mm-hmm. You could bring Shlamim and Olot on Yom Tov. You could also do Smicha, lean on them before their sacrifice. That's the first pshat in the Brayta. Rav Amar Rav says a second pshat. The way you have to read the two parts of this Brayta is as if it's one sentence. This is how you read it. Chagiga. When could the Shalmei Chagiga be brought? Kol zman Chagiga me'acharin. The entire festival, it could be delayed. Meaning to say is that if you didn't bring the Shlamim on the first day, bring it the second day. If you didn't bring it the second day, bring it the third day. And there's a chidush in this. Tfelo, but beyond that you cannot. Tetanan, Mishnah Masechet Chagiga teaches us, If somebody did not bring the Shalmei Chagiga, that Shlamim on the first day of Sukkot, he could bring it the entire festival, as well as the last day of the festival. Now what's the last day of the festival of Sukkot? He could even bring the, the Shlamim of Sukkot on Shmini Yatzeret, which is a chidush, because really Shmini Yatzeret is considered a separate Yom Tov in, in certain areas, but in regards to Shlama making up, you could bring the Korban that was meant to be brought on Sukkot on, on uh, Shmini Yatzeret. That's the chidush. Avara Regel, but once the festival passes, if he didn't bring it, you cannot, you're not responsible in its uh, coverage and therefore you would not be able to bring it anymore. So that's the second shot. Chagiga kozman chagiga me'acharin. You could bring it the whole festival. Rav Ashi Amar Rav Ashi says a third explanation of the Brayta. The way you have to read it is as follows. Chagiga vekozman chagiga me'acharin. It means any time of festival you could delay. Now the chidush here as we'll see is that with Pesach and Sukkot it's understandable that if you miss the first day you bring the second day. You miss the second day you bring the third day. What happens if Shabbat is Shavuot? Now we have two days but in Eretz Yisrael it's one day and you have to bring Korbanot and Shavuot but it's Shabbat you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to so what do you do now? So the chidush is there's seven days of hashlama actually that come to Shavuot as well when it falls out on Shabbat. That's what Rashi explains over here. As we'll see, there is a machlok at Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel if Shavuot falls out on Friday, how you should behave. But if Shavuot falls out on Shabbat, they both agree you have seven days. And the Gemara Masechet Chagiga explains to us how we know that, but it's a major chidush. And that's why actually the days after Shavuot are minor festival days based on the idea that there was a hashlama that it was applicable. Let's see. Which is just one day, still you could delay it beyond that. It's not like the Mishnah tells us in Chagiga, Modim Beit Shamayim Beit Hillel agree, Sheimchal Atzeret Liyot Peshabbat, if Shavuot fell it on Shabbat, Sheyom Tavuach Achar Shabbat, the day of slaughtering the Korbanot would be after Shabbat. As Rashi says, you actually have seven days total in order to bring those Korbanot. Okay, let's move on now to the final section here. Amr Belazar, Amr Bichanina. Rebbe, Rebbe Lazar in the name of Rebbe Hanina testified three behaviors that Rebbe did 
We'll see exactly what the Chidushim are in each one. Rebbe Natanit Purim. First of all, Rebbe planted a tree on Purim. Now, what's, the wrong, what's wrong with planting a tree on Purim? Planting a tree on Purim. Would you plant the tree on Purim? Okay, so we're going to see momentarily, well, tomorrow actually, what we'll get to is, it's not so simple that we're allowed to do Melachan Purim. Oops, I never even thought about it because we, we drive to Shul. We, of course we do Melachan Purim. Okay, so that's how we paskin. But the point is, there is a tzad to say, there is going to be an option to say, you're actually not allowed to do Melachan Purim. We'll get to that. So the Chidush was, he planted a tree on Purim. We'll see exactly how he was allowed to and what the issue might be. Turning to Hayamud Bet, Virachat Bekronashal Tsipuri, Bishvasarbitamus. Rashi learns means he took a shower in the public place during the Shuk, during while people were around, of Tsipuri on the seventeenth of Tammuz. Now it doesn't mean he took it publicly with people seeing him, but it meant he did it Bifarhestya without hiding the fact that he was washing. So this is also a, a bit of a chidush, is that there is a chumrah that's applicable to Tisha B'Av. For example, you can't wash, but it's not applicable to the other fast days. So therefore, actually, you're allowed to wash on the other fast days. That seems to be on Shavah Sabbat Tammuz, Rebbe was allowed to take a shower. And three, and this is the biggest chidush, l'chaorah, Rebbe wanted to uproot Tisha B'Av. Sounds like to do away with Tisha B'Av, but the Chachamim did not agree with him about that, about doing away with Tisha B'Av. So this is what Rebbe Yezer testified about, is that Rebbe, the third one was, Rebbe wanted to get rid of Tisha B'Av, and the Chachamim disagreed with him about that. So Amr Lefanov, Rebbe Abba Bar Zavda, Rebbe Abba Bar Zavda turned to Rebbe Lazar and he said, Rebbe loka chayamase. That was not the story. Rebbe didn't want to get rid of Tisha B'Av altogether. That's impossible. What happened was, that year, Tisha B'Av fell out on Shabbat, and they pushed it off to Sunday, which is the Halacha. So Rebbe then said, Once it was pushed off, Once it's pushed off, we could already be more lenient on that day. You could push it off because it's already considered a Nidche. It's already pushed off, essentially. Okay, so that makes it a little bit better because at least we're not saying Rebbe just wanted to do away with the Shabbat. That's a very difficult thing to say. But Chachamim still disagreed. They said, no, we keep it on Sunday, the 10th of Av. That's the the day meant to be. So Rabbi Lezer commented when he heard Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda say this, he called Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda, the Pasuk in Kohelet says, better is two than one. Meaning is, if I didn't have you here, so I would have thought Rabbi wanted to do away with Tisha B'Av, Baruch Hashem, you were here to tell me, he didn't want to do away with it. It was a, a nidche, and he said, okay, once you're lenient, you could be more lenient. Now Tosafot says something very interesting. So we'll finish off with this. If you look at Tosafot, Tisha B'Av Hodulo. I want to take a look at that Tosafot. You see the second Tosafot on the page? See on the on the uh, right right side of the page? Ubikesh la'akor tisha b'av hodulo. Tosafot is bothered. He doesn't understand what was still, what was Rebbe, what was the Hava Amina here? The Hava Amina of the Gemara was he wanted to do away with tisha b'av. How could you possibly say there's such a thought even? Rebbe, Rebbe Yudah Nasi wanted to get rid of Tisha B'Av. It doesn't make sense. So Tosafot says, Kasha, this is difficult. How did it enter your mind? That Rebbe wanted to get rid of Tisha B'Av entirely. And the Gemara Tani tells us, Anybody that eats on Tisha B'Av, He won't experience the comfort of Yerushalayim. Rebbe Yudah Nasi didn't want to just get rid of Tisha B'Av. So what's the Havam in here? What's the starting point? 
Odin, furthermore, this is very interesting. We have a yesod, a later court cannot uproot what an earlier court established unless they're greater in chokhmah and minyan, in intelligence and wisdom and number. And Rebbe, his court wasn't greater than the earlier courts that established Tisha B'Av. So how would there even have been a Hava Amina here that he was going to get rid of Tisha B'Av altogether? So the Yesh Lomai says two answers, very interesting answers. Number one, he says, He didn't want to get rid of it. What he wanted to do was to say, earlier generations, they kept Tisha B'Av as well, but they didn't keep it with the stringency that we keep Tisha B'Av. They kept it like the lighter fast days. We keep it with a stringency. You can't wear shoes, can't bathe, can't put on oils, etc. So what he wanted to do was to remove those stringencies, to make it like the other fast days, like those earlier generations. On That's Sunday the first. only. Uh, on so, so, so it doesn't say clearly, because this is in the Hava, I mean, maybe on Sunday only, but the point is, right, maybe... Like it's pushed up. I don't know. Yeah, the, see, Tosafot is not clarifying that. It sounds like maybe even when it's not pushed off. He wanted to say is, there was an earlier generation's leniency in regards to this day, and therefore we should be allowed to reenact that now. Inami, alternatively, yesh lomar, deratzala asiri. Rebbe wanted to remove it from being on the 9th of Av and to establish it on the 10th of Av. That's what he wanted to do. How do we know that there's such an option? Rabbi Yochanan comments in Mesechet Ilu If I would have been there, Kavate Basiri. If I would have been there when they determine which day should be the day we commemorate the Chorban, I would have said the 10th. Why would I have said the 10th? Because that's when it was primarily being burnt. That's when the temple was primarily being destroyed. Began on the 9th, went into the 10th. So the, the, the comment on the side of here is a very interesting idea. Mr. Tashas says over here on the side, is that you see from this, based on a, it's also based on a Mishnah Masechet Eduyot, this idea that a Beit Din later is not allowed to uproot a Beit Din earlier comes with a, comes with a uh, asterisk. It comes with a clause. What is that? Is that a later court is allowed to find a dat yachid that existed earlier, even though they don't paskin like that dat yachid, which means the majority paskin one way. In this case, Tisha B'Av was on the 9th of Av. The fellow, there was Rabbi Yochanan, and there were others who said it should be the 10th, but they were ruled over. They were overruled. But a later court has the ability to find a dat yachid and paskin like that dat yachid in a later generation, even though the earlier generations didn't paskin that way. That's not necessarily an issue of ein beitin yacholavatel beitin chavero of a later court not being allowed to override an earlier court. It's very interesting. So it would come out that we learn Mishnayot, for example. There's the rabim and there's the yachid. Don't disregard the yachid because that yachid essentially allows a later court to rely on them and overrule an earlier court that was the majority. And that's not a problem, even if they're not b'chokhmah of a minyan greater. Wow. Interesting halacha that would come out from this. Okay, we'll stop here. God willing, we'll pick up uh, the top of him with Aleph, Amud Bet, tomorrow. We'll discuss Rebbe planting a tree on Purim. Have a great day, everybody.